What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is a Monday. It is a Monday night, August 19th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 413. I uh, hope everybody is doing well. I am sitting here in my um, hotel room. I almost said in Los Angeles, but I am in my hotel here in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I turn the air conditioner off so the sound is good, and I hear this music or singing or some something coming from through the wall or out front. I don't know, but um, so I'm sorry about that if you hear anything. Also, excuse my voice. I just got finished doing my sixth hour of, uh, of material of stand-up this week, and uh, it is time for me to go on vacation. I am off the clock for a while, and I'm going to go down and be off the grid um, in the ocean, uh, you know, soon, so I'm looking forward to that, but I did want to get this out. Um, it is really late right now. It is all hours of the night. Uh, it is the middle of the night, and uh, so technically Tuesday morning, but not really. It's almost like 3 a.m., 3 a.m., uh, and, uh, oh, so I guess they turned 19, it's actually, so I said Monday the 19th, it's really late Monday night the 18th or early on Tuesday, but um, I wanted to get this out before I go away, because I'm obviously not going to be doing this from the ocean uh, house that we're staying in, so just wanted to give you guys a, a, ca- a recap, uh, talk about, um, you know, being here in Pittsburgh, and uh, just catch you guys up on everything going on. And um, and then I'll be obviously back next week. So this is going to be a short one, but I just want to put something out there so you guys uh, have it and you uh, know what's going on. Um, yeah, so I'm here in Pittsburgh, and I just have to say right off the bat, man, I'm not kidding. Um, some of the nicest people. Um, literally one of the only cities that I've ever been to where the people are really blue-collar, they, you know, they'll they'll tell you what they feel. They don't give a shit. Yet they're the nicest people in the world. Zero heckling. Zero heckling. Late show Friday. It doesn't feel like a late show Friday. Well behaved. Amazing people. They let you go for a ride. They let you just take them on a ride. Talk about whatever for stand-up wise. So it was just really, really awesome, man. This city's underrated. Just a beautiful beautiful bridges going over these rivers, beautiful, they have like these amazing churches up in the mountains, then they have this nice residential area up in the hills with beautiful homes where like the Steelers and Pirates live, and and um, I mean like the baseball team Pirates, not fucking <laughs> ship Pirates, but like just an amazing, you know, and these people go big out here. I went to Pramani's Sandwiches, uh, it's the famous probably one of the most famous sandwiches in the country okay it's it's basically Permanis is basically like Gino's or Pat's cheesesteaks in Philadelphia when you come to Pittsburgh you go to Permanis but it's basically like a fucking loaf of bread with french fries in the middle of it um not really it's just this thick white bread and then they load up french fries and coleslaw and then you choose the meats so I had Capricola I had egg with it. You add egg with the cap. They call it a cap and egg. And then they put French fries. And then they put coleslaw. And then on this soft bread. And you could put some hot sauce on it or whatever. We did that. Me and Joe Bartnick. Shout out to Joe Bartnick. He featured and it was a great time. 
Uh, we did that at like three o'clock in the morning two nights ago. And uh, yeah, it fucked my stomach up for two days. I'm not going to lie. It was just like eating. I mean, it was shit that I definitely should have not eat. But, you know, I'm here. What am I going to do? But this is such... when you If you saw the sandwich, it just makes sense for Pittsburgh. Just blue-collar, hard-working people who are like, fuck it. Take a handful of fries, throw it in the middle of a loaf of bread, throw whatever meat you got, and just wrap it up, and I'm going to eat it. And, uh, and it tastes delicious, and it's completely irresponsible and unhealthy for you. Um, if you want to know why there's <laughs> a health problem or an overweight epidemic in the United States of America, go to Permanis at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it'll all make sense. Uh, that being said, do I regret it? No. I actually had to be talked off a ledge to not get a second one. I said to Bartnick, I go, dude, should let's go. Will you will you split one with me? And he goes, Verzi, you there's other days we can come back. And he was I was like, Yes, you know what? You're you're absolutely right. Let me just, you know, let me cut my losses here or whatever and, and, and just you know, and that's it. But so great. The people are so great, and I have to shout out the number one radio station, the biggest morning show in all of PA is the WDVE, uh, DVE with uh, Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford. Um, they were so gracious. They were amazing for putting me on the radio. They, they plugged it all week, even when I was not in town, which they did not have to do. And then um, I went in on Friday and I went to uh, this baseball field where uh, ex-baseball player Sean Casey... Shout out to Sean Casey. If you guys don't know who Sean Casey is, Sean Casey played for the Cincinnati Reds. I think he played for the um, the Red Sox for a little bit. He played for a few teams. He played, I think he played 11 years and has like a 302 lifetime batting average. But he does this thing where, you know, disabled kids get to play a game and run around the bases and do that. And and um, people kind of sponsor the kid and help him out all day and their parents get to watch them compete um, and it's just a really nice, um, beautiful thing. And um, he, I went on the radio, and he couldn't have been cooler. If you guys check, if you guys uh, watch, if you go to the DVE um, Twitter page, uh, you could check out WDVE, uh, you know, the, the radio station in Pittsburgh here. You could go on there and go to their Twitter page, and you'll see him explaining to me how his at-bat against Mariano Rivera. How sick is that? That I was actually talking to him. We had a great time. We were laughing, and it was so good. But those guys were so gracious and amazing. So thank you guys so much for helping me plug my shows and getting people out there. And all of you people here in Pittsburgh, uh, it's not a, you know, it's not a secret that this is a hard ticket to sell. People, you know, the comedy club is off the beaten path. It's not downtown. And uh, people say selling tickets in Pittsburgh is really tough. And the radio station helped. Uh, Verzi Effect podcast listeners, thank you. There were podcast listeners there. You know who you are. I'm glad I took pictures with you guys. I appreciate you guys coming out. Thank you for the um, dude who brought me the cigar. Just all the people that, that, you know, wanted to be a part of, you know, coming out and watching the new hour. And I really had a great time. I'm truly gracious and thankful for everybody here in Pittsburgh who came out. Um, and I'm coming back, and I'm, we're going to come back hopefully at a better time, a year or two. But it was still great. The shows were still great. A ton of people. Um, first show Saturday was almost sold out. And uh, second show Saturday, I was up against, apparently, Iron Maiden was playing where the Penguins play. Allison, Allison Chains was playing. 
um, there was a lightning storm, and the Pittsburgh Steelers were having a preseason football game, which apparently these people give a shit about. Now, I'm not trying, I was talking about this on stage, I am not trying to make fun of or shit on people in Pittsburgh, obviously not, I just told you how much I love them, but these people with the Steelers, they're out of their fucking mind, you've never seen anything like, I mean, these people go home and watch and tailgate preseason like it matters, like it counts, I've never seen anything like it, they give a shit on a level we were joking about this, how, and I, I know this is not funny, and I don't mean it to be funny, but I said on stage, the fact that the domestic violence rate goes up in this city when the Steelers are bad, I just don't care how you slice it. It's hilarious. It's just because you don't know if it's the woman going after the man. You don't know, but that happens. And uh, it's not a funny matter. I get that. But at the same time, I just think the fact that a football team a football team, the result of a football game is making people lose their shit on each other. You know, we were saying like, that means that the partner in the relationship, the wife, like the wife knows more about football. They're like, holy shit, they're running a nickel defense. I got to go to Susan's house. He's going to freak the fuck. Susan, yeah, they're running a nickel. I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming over. He's into his second six pack already. He never gets into the second six pack before the third quarter. So it's going to go bad for me. I mean, these people give a shit to a level that I've not seen. You know, um, listen, I love my Giants. I love my Yankees. I love the Knicks. I could give a shit about preseason anything. It doesn't matter. These are players that might not be on the team. These guys are going to be bagging fucking groceries in three weeks, you know, in a suburb in New Jersey. I mean, some of these guys just aren't, you know, and Listen, yeah, it's nice to watch maybe for five minutes. You watch how one of the quarterbacks they drafted did. Or you watch like a couple of young kids. But like to sit and tailgate and to like give a shit and like pack bars to watch a game that truly doesn't count or matter, it, it just goes to show that they're just better fans here. The Pittsburgh Steelers fans are just, I mean, they are, I mean, they have supermarket size places of apparel here. There is like 20-something, 50 Steeler bars in New York City. There's a Steeler bar in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. There's Steeler bars in Europe. I mean, the Steelers are, you ask me, the Steelers are more America's team than than, than the Dallas Cowboys, but that's a story for another day. That's going to get all you, that's going to get a, some of your panties in a bunch, everybody. So I wanted to talk about, um, and I don't know if this is an unacceptable or not, okay? But I wanted to talk about my flight out here. I had to drive down to uh, Philadelphia to fly here. So I drove to Philly, and it's an only only an hour flight, right? And I had a nice, you know, uh, I had a nice seat, window seat. But unfortunately, I was sitting next to, um, who was that? What, no, was that on the way back? I'm sorry, that was on the way back from L.A. On the way back from L.A., I was sitting next to this big dude. And I kept like tossing and turning and I could tell he was annoyed by it. And I could tell like after the flight, he was telling his girlfriend, like that guy sitting next to me, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, like I would go on my left side. Then I would turn to my right side. I couldn't get comfortable. And it was like, what do you want me to do, Dick? It's like, what do you want me to do? It's a fuck. It's a five hour flight. All right. And we're sitting on a plane. You're a freaking six foot, whatever moose. 
I mean, not not a fat guy. I'm probably just jealous because he's taller than me. But you know what I mean. He was just a bigger dude. And, he, you know, I have to want to make sure that my knee doesn't touch his knee. There's no way that I you could, like, put your, you know, leg over the, the you know, the, the, the divider or the section of the seat because it'll go into his. And it just made for an uncomfortable flight. And it sucked. And I didn't like it. And I'm tossing and turning. I'm sorry if, you know, you. I mean, I don't understand how these people can just pass out sitting upright like that. I can sleep on an airplane if I if I'm back and my leg can move a little bit either extended straight or a little bit over to the to the left or the right. But I can't just sit like properly with my knees like touching cuz I don't want to go near anybody else and just sit upright and and just fall asleep like a baby like some of these people. I'm sorry. Um so it was really really uncomfortable and shitty and then I'm trying to think of oh, my flight. Yeah, my flight here was hilarious. My flight from uh, Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, I'm sitting, there's this big guy next to me. Super nice guy, but big. Big arms, tall guys, you know, he's, he's overflowing into my seat. So I just got to put a fake smile and just like look at my phone for 58 minutes until we land from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh. And he was nice and everything. And he goes, oh, you in here? You're in the window? Yeah. And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm in the window. And I put myself, he goes, oh, okay, well, now that we got that settled, huh? And then he goes, uh, you know, he was like pessimistic. He's like, yeah, let's just hope this guy gets this thing in the air, right? Am I right? And I, and I was like, dude, listen, I already don't love flying. I don't need the, you know, because now I'm thinking, wow, this is heavy. How is he going to get this? <laughs> how is he going to get this thing in the air? Like, don't even put that in my head. And then I got in too deep again because I'm too nice of a guy, and I'll talk to people. But the guy said, what are you doing in Pittsburgh? I said, um, I'm a comedian, I'm performing, and then he knew somebody on the radio, and we started talking and talking. He was very, very nice, So, and he said he was going to look me up. So if he's listening to this, I thought he was a great guy. I really did. It's just, um, I was just really tired and uncomfortable. I had to drive two and a half hours to Philadelphia uh, through Jersey and then to get on this flight, and I think, I think he was at the show. Because I said to him, I go, uh, he goes, oh, maybe I'll come. I'm with a couple people. We got nothing to do this weekend. Maybe I'll come. I go, yeah, come to the improv. Come to a show. And I was on stage. I believe it was second show Friday night. And I see this guy to the left, and it looked like him. And at one point, I looked during my set to see if it was the guy that I'm sitting next to on a plane. Because sometimes you just talk, and it's small talk. Hey, yeah, come out. Yeah, yeah, we might do that. We have nothing to do. And, like, he looked, and he just kind of nodded at me and then left. Never said anything after the show or anything. So I don't know. But, um... You know, that was, uh, it's, it's, it's different when you say that to somebody and they actually show up and you're like, oh shit. And then I'm like, did I offend him? I don't know. So then I'm like looking for him afterwards. I'm like, hey, was there a dude here who was like sitting in the, like, and, and then he wasn't there. And I'm like, oh man, like, but, uh, I didn't get any email or anything like that. So whatever. Uh, okay. Moving on everybody. Let's see what you guys wrote in here. Uh, oh, yeah, this was... Oh, and I got a surprise. I got a cool thing to tell you guys. Um, so this is from Brian. Oh, yeah, Brian says, um, Paul, I was in Maine with our friend Joe B. watching his kid perform in a play. That's right. This is comedian Brian Plum. Um, 
It was a beautiful theater packed with 500 people. Right before the play was about to start, I couldn't. Uh, it couldn't have been any more silent, and I felt a burp about to happen. I thought it would be uh, one of quiet ones, but it ended up being a long, loud one that I am pretty sure had an echo to it. Right after half the theater turned around to see what kind of animal would let out such a sound. <laughs> One guy actually said, why? Which was honestly funny. In order to avoid getting caught, I turned around behind me, pretending it was somebody else. The plan was foiled once we started hysterical laughing for the next 15 minutes to the point where I almost had to leave. <laughs> I will now make my way to the cage that I have prepared for myself for being such an animal. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. A bad, I got to be honest with you, a bad burp, a big like a big, awful burp is just as gross, if not more gross than a fart. And I'm being dead serious about that. Because the thing about a fart is no matter, no matter the, no matter what the fart is or where it is, it's, it's, there's something funny about it. And I think it's just because, you know, it's the sound and it comes out of your ass, which is hilarious. I mean, there is no denying that a fart is what a fart is. The, the fact that it comes out of your ass and makes funny sounds and different tones <coughs> out of your ass is hilarious. A burp, on the other hand, it's just like a gross, and I don't mean like a soda burp or like you drink seltzer and a burp, like that's normal. I'm talking about like just like one of those like, you ever hear somebody like really fucking belch? It's, 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 it's kind of gross. It really is kind of gross. You know, I'll, I'll gag. Like if somebody burps and I smell something like that they ate or something, I'll actually gag or almost throw up because I can't handle, I can't handle like that, that it came from inside of somebody and I smell it and like, I'll get actually like gag reflux. I can't handle it. Um, but that's really funny that it was loud. And then I think it's more funny. Um, <laughs> I think it's more funny that, uh, you looked behind you. I remember I was in fourth grade. I was in fourth grade and I was sitting in, I forgot what class it was. I think it was one of like social studies or whatever. And my feet were up, my feet were up on, um, no, fourth grade was before you switched classrooms. So we were just in the classroom and I put my feet up on like the metal sides of the desk you know, back then in like the, the 80s and early 90s, you know, the desks were, were different and stuff. And if you remember, there was like metal on the sides. You could put your feet up on them. And I remember I put both of my feet up on them and just <laughs> out of nowhere, I just, I farted. Like a, like a, <laughs> a fart snuck out and the class was incredibly quiet and it just came out and the whole class just bursted out laughing because it was an undeniable sound that came from like around where my table was and everybody looked and I literally, I felt so bad for doing this, but I remember looking at this one girl like Maria, I think, and just going like, ew, Maria, <laughs> like I was in fourth grade and she's like, I didn't do it. And I'm like, I didn't do it. And, um, and I clearly did it. And it was just, I don't, you know, I don't know why I would 
<laughs> rat her out, but because it was just so quick and like it was undeniably like like something happened and you need to get out of this now, uh, <laughs> which I'll never I'll uh, I'll never forget. It's funny the shit we remember, right? Like you you remember just the weirdest, but uh. Here's one, and I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. If I did, it would have been so, so long ago, and there's new listeners now. But um, one thing that I, I'll never forget is there was this teacher, and he wasn't a bad guy. He, he didn't seem too well-kept. Um, I don't know if he's still alive or, or whatever, but I was in uh, the sixth grade, and um, I was a class clown a little bit. I wanted to make people laugh. We would... You know, we would throw things across the we would throw things across the room, and if he would hear something, and people would do spitballs. But I was sitting in the back of the class, and I was making everybody laugh. And I was we were shooting spitballs, and we were shoot, we were shooting spitballs, and they were sticking on the chalkboard, and they were sticking on the chalkboard. And he just turns around, and he's like, "Who's doing that? Who's doing that?" And as he turned around, right, he goes. You better not. I don't want to see anymore. And I shoot this spitball at him and it curves around and literally <laughs> it stuck on his cheek while he was yelling at us. Right. So we're falling out like we're falling out. He's like, and what's going on? And it just was like, boop. And it just stuck on his face. And this man is scolding the class, yelling, asking who did it while it's still on his cheek. And we are doing everything we can. We I almost threw up. I was laughing so hard. And finally, like, I got caught with the straw or, like, I admitted it because I didn't want my friends to get in trouble. And um, they put me in, like, this timeout room. And the teacher made me, you know, the teacher was mean. Or, like, the teacher was like, you need to write an apology. And I was like, you know, I admitted I did it, you know. I mean, I'll tell him I'm sorry. What, what do I got to write? So then I wrote something and, like, I was, you know, I was pissed that I did it. So I said, you know, sir, I'm sorry, you know, as so-and-so, I'm sorry that I, you know, shot a spitball and made it stick on your face. And she was like, you don't apologize like that. Don't mention it stuck on his face. You just say you're sorry for what you did, blah, blah, And, you know, hindsight, she was right. But um, when my mom, when my mother got the report, my mother tried to yell at me. And she was like, as she read it, and she like read like the actual details of what happened. And like when she found out that it stuck on his face, my mother burst out laughing too. And anytime your parent bursts out laughing, you can't you can't get that much in trouble. You know, like, if my son or daughter, my son said something or did something the other day, which was inappropriate. Uh, we were in Walgreens. And uh I just burst out laughing and my wife kind of like was smirking and laughing. And I was like, we can't get that mad. Like you can't get that mad. Plus I'm a comedian. I appreciate a good laugh. Like if my son or daughter is funny, even when, if it's a misbehaving thing, I'll weigh out. Like, is it that bad? But how many people listening to this have had their son or daughter do something bad? Okay. They did something clearly wrong. They should not have done it, but it was so funny, you know, like when I, um, you know, there was a couple of things I did. There was a couple of things that I did where my mom burst out laughing, you know, um, so I don't know. Is it make you a bad parent? I don't think so. Now, if your kid gets into a fight and he was wrong or he was the one that initiated the fight, then that's whatever.
Like, you know, one thing my mom did get mad at, though, was when we were in, um, I went away in the seventh grade to a farm, and we were all going to sleep there for two nights or three nights. And we go up there, and you see the animals, and you do chores, and you, you, you milk a cow, and then at night, everybody goes into this big room, and you, um, you would do a, you would do a play, you know, you would do like a play and a sketch, and it was like this really cool thing, and it was a famous place upstate, and we were all staying in bunks, like in a dorm, and we decided, and it was really fucked up, and it was not funny, and it was bad, but we decided that this one kid went, got up and went to the bathroom, and uh, we all pissed, we took turns, we took turns going to the bathroom, and um we would take a, a Pepsi can and we all pissed in this Pepsi can and we would, one would take it and then one would hand it off and we pissed in this Pepsi can until it was full. And then when this one kid got up to go to the bathroom, we poured it all in his bed and then he went back and we were all like laying there waiting and he just lays down and you just hear, what the hell? Right? And everybody... Dude, the principal had to go upstate. The principal found out who was involved. All of us lost like the whole last day on the trip and we had to sit at this table with our heads down for like the whole day. And they called our parents and it was not cool. And I actually ran into that guy not long ago and, uh, you know, he remembered it. So, like, shit like that, I mean, it wasn't even, uh, like, we would always, like, stick up for people, and, like, I was never, I always, always, if I saw somebody getting bullied, I'd step to, but this was just busting balls amongst friends that we were already friends, we were on the same football team and shit, but that one was one that, like, looking back, I was like, what was I thinking? You know, that was one that was really, really bad, um, and then... You know, I did some really stupid shit, man. Fireworks out of the back of the bus when I wanted to be kicked out of school. I'm trying to think what the other one was. There was one. <laughs> there was one. Oh, my God. What was it? Oh, one thing I did that my mom, I'll never forget this. I think I, I might have mentioned this to you guys before, but now I've just got all these stories of, like, stupid shit that I did that was not funny. Like, the spitball on the cheek made my mom laugh. When I acted like a, a worker and I got in, in the back of that Dunkin', uh, it never, I can't say that legally, when I got in the back of some um, donut shop and I acted like a worker and I got free food, when I was drunk, my mom kind of laughed. And when I got naked in the hospital in Little Falls, New York, and I tried dancing with a nurse naked and I got arrested, my mom, um, <laughs> my mom was like half upset but laughed. Because, you know, that's the thing, man. My mom and dad, like... I will say this, as bad as um, as bad as the divorce was and as not cool as how it was might have been handled with, with us, um, my mother and father did always have, they always could laugh, they always had a good sense of humor, they always loved comedy, and um, so that was a cool thing. But one, I was like this young punk, and I was like, man, I won't get caught for stealing if I steal. And they're like, yeah, whatever, so I went into like a shop right. And I was going to steal like Newport cigarettes, like cigarettes. So I would walk up the lane and I would get one. I'd throw one down my pants. Then I would act like I'm looking for something else. And I'd grab it. And I ended up getting like three packs and putting it down my pants, right? And I start walking out. 
And as the door slides open, I start walking out. An office door opens, and a guy just goes, "Hey, can you come here with come here for a second? He grabbed me by my shoulder, and he basically brought me in. And he goes, "Sit down." He goes, "Yeah." So, uh, what'd you take? What do you got in your pants? And I go, "No, nothing." He goes, "No, nothing." You got nothing? Oh, that's funny because this camera here, hold on. And he just took one of these joysticks and the whole place was camered up, you know, They were, and he just showed me what I did. And he goes, oh, I got to call your mom and I'll never forget. My mother comes in with my little brother and sister who at the time was maybe seven and eight or eight and nine. Okay, like young. And I see my mother walking in on the camera. I see my mother one one of the babies, one of the kids is in one hand, the other is in the other hand. My mother's just got this jacket on. She's walking in, and she they just open the door, and my mother just goes, you idiot. And, like, there was no, you know, and that was a bad one. That was a bad one, too. I don't know why this podcast turned into me telling you guys that I definitely had moments of being a piece of shit as a kid. But I was a kid, and it was, to you know, to prove points and to do this and that. But... The funny ones were the ones that you can't get mad at. Now, if my son, if my son and his friends pissed in a can and they poured it on another thing, I would, I would not find, I would say to him, look, I know what you guys are, but that's not cool. Like, I would try to make him know that that's not funny. Even they thought it was funny. But if my son shot a spitball and it landed on a teacher's body part and stuck there while that teacher continued to yell, there's no way I'm not laughing at that. It's just, there's there's no way. You know, if my son or, you know, if any any my son or, or his, like, like, farted out loud in class to get a laugh, I gotta be honest, if it got a laugh, I would, I would, I would, I'd be like, dude, listen, you can't, like, you know, I'll give, like, like, once is a good, like, once, I'll give him a one-time pass. Like I, I would give him a one-time pass for that. The spitball would be a one-time thing. Now, if this was, if he can, if my kids ever continued to be dickheads, then there would be a problem with me. But like one-time things like that, you know, or definitely something that, um, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to say, look, kids are gonna be kids. That's what I would love you guys to do. Let me know, any Verzi Effect listener right now. Let me know the funniest thing that your kid did that was bad and you should have scolded them or you should have punished them, but because you laughed so hard and it was truly funny, or even if you scolded them and then went to your room and laughed your ass off, write in and submit them to Unacceptables for TVE. I'd love to read them out loud. I, we, we don't have to use names, but if it happened a long time ago, whatever. But um, definitely do that because I'd love to hear... You know, I'd love to hear. Like, don't say something sad either. I, and I don't want to hear, like, something nuts. You know, like, oh, my kid pulled his, you know, private parts out. Like, don't get, like, nuts. I'm saying, like, something, like, funny or silly or something like that. You know, um, they tried to gr- glue their friend's, you know, butt to a, to a uh, you know, the seat in the club. Just something like that or something ridiculous that you saw. Or if you got into it with the principal, where the principal was like, do you find this funny, Mr. So-and-so? Because we here at so-and-so elementary don't think it is. And you're like, hey, you know what? You know what, principal? It is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. So, um, yeah, but that was, that was, um, those were the days, man. Those were the days, like, 
It was just, it was like, I know it sounds, it was a simple time. Maybe you go to like Spencer's and you get like fake dog poop. Or you would get like the shit, <laughs> the dumbest shit we bought when we were younger. When we were younger, we would go to those like goof stores and gag stores and buy the dumbest shit. I remember I bought a Chinese star. I bought nunchucks and like a fake piece of poop or like my friend bought the poop and I bought like just the dumbest like whoopee cushions and and all the dumbest shit because there was nothing else to do you know it was like Nintendo which was like okay nothing like video games now or like just doing dumb shit with your friends that's the other reason that's the other reason why like I think like millennials today get like get shit because they're just like they just have like they could watch a movie on their iPhone. <laughs> like I couldn't do that. I was like waiting to play stickball at the top of the street. I was waiting to, you know, have a friend over and like, you know, run around the backyard or do something like that. It will, you know, go to like a an amusement park or a fair like it was shit like that. Now th like they have access to everything, but it makes there's no, no, nothing nostalgic anymore. You know, what's a, what is a millennial going to look back on? Other than like if they're dating somebody or other than, and I'm talking younger kids, maybe even not millennials, but like what are these younger kids today going to look back on? That's why like vacations and family time and putting the phones away and shit is important because like what are they going to look back on? Yeah, remember that time I sat in a car and I watched my phone for five hours? Yeah, that's still the same shit you do today. Um, but, oh, what I wanted to say was speaking of, speaking of, um, anyway, when I said I had a, not a surprise, I wanted to say something. Kelly Meyer, everybody. Jesus Christ, Paul, spit it out. I'm fucking tired, guys. It's after three o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. I'm going to wrap this up. I just wanted to talk to you guys for a little bit and get something out there. I'm sorry that this one is short. I'm sorry my voice is fucked up. I'm sorry that, you know, I'm, I'm a little tired here. And uh, I'm going down memory lane or whatever. But anyway, Kelly Meyer, shout out to the one, the only, Kelly Meyer, the Shakespeare shit. My, my dude drove. Okay, if you don't know Kelly Meyer, he's a contributor to my show. He's a fan who is now a friend. He's a friend first. Drove from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, like eight hours to Pittsburgh to see me perform, to see uh, Bartnick on the show. To watch the new hour, then we hung out uh, for a little bit. You know, we watched some of the UFC fights, and uh, we just had a great time. So shout out to Kelly Meyer, dude. I really appreciate you coming out, um, driving that far. I already told him that, but I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, it was awesome, dude. He came to both shows on Saturday, hung out with us. We went out after, but the Shakespeare of shit himself was uh, was in the house. And um, it was funny because Bartnick was having stomach issues and I was having some stomach issues. We went to the seafood place because I wanted to take Joe. I said to Joe, I go, let me take you to dinner, dude. I want to take you one night. You pick the place. And he's like, oh, I heard this, this fish market is really good. So we go to this fish place. And it was. It was really good. But I don't know if it's both of us haven't had fish in a while. Our stomachs were a little bit of a mess. And uh, Joe would run into the bathroom. Then I'd run into the bathroom. I don't know if I was going to throw up. I don't know if I was going to, you know, have issues with my stomach. I didn't know. And it was like calming down and we were talking about it. And Kelly was there. 
And Kelly just looked around like, listen, guys, I'm not trying to be a dick, but like your your shit problems, this is amateur hour, okay? You guys do not, I mean, this guy's had colossal, this guy has had like, just, just like, you know, I mean, apocalyptic, what, what did Burr call it, a bad type, apocalyptic you know, episodes of like, I mean, if you go back to like, you know, go back to like the one mid 100s of this podcast, I mean, he would just be, he would just like shit in bed. Like, I mean, this guy's got IBS, like, like, you know, I mean, literally real bad IBS. So it was one of those guys where like, you can't talk about your stomach being bad or like having diarrhea. Cause he just would look at you like, you understand who I am and what I, what I, <laughs> what I can do. Right. You understand what, what, what my bowels possess if I wanted to. But he drove eight hours to see stand-up. You know, and uh, a guy like that who loves stand-up, watches stand-up. Uh, glad he uh, he came out. He, he loved the hour, which was great. And um, I hope you guys, you know, I hope for every, like, I, could you imagine? I got a freaking podcast fan and not friend that's like that. That's dope. So thank you, Kelly. And I uh, hope you got back safe. He's one of those guys that's just like, yeah, I'll drive through the, you know, I'll drive through the night. Uh, he said, he goes, yeah, I can't. I go, dude, are you going to fall asleep at the wheel? Like, why don't you just get a hotel? He's like, oh, there's no hotels because this was going on. And it really was. Everything was going on in Pittsburgh. You know, these concerts and these ball games and everything. And the Pirates, oh, and the Pirates and the Cubs. I mean, all the, all kinds of shit. And uh, I was like, dude, don't fall asleep. He's like, no, nah, I can't fall asleep sitting upright. So I, I'll just drive. And I'm like. All right, and he still ended up like hanging out. So, um, all right, a couple more things I want to talk about. Then I'm going to wrap this up because it's almost four o'clock in the morning, and I got to get to the airport. Um, yeah, man, did you guys see something disturbing? Like they found like three guys, three guys who like they averted from like mass shootings. Like one guy, like one guy just like admitted he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about. You know, like he was talking about committing, doing it. This other guy was like, yeah, I'm going to open fire. But the thing about these mass shooters, they all have that fucking face. They all have that weird fucking like, you know, they just have that like, you know, just like don't have a friend, but like that smile of weird. It's it's just freaking me out, dude. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I just, I just saw that and I was just like, what the hell is going on, man? You know, it's just... It, it, like, it, I, there should be, like, a, a mass shooting hotline. Like, just be, like, yeah, like a suicide hotline. And just be able to call up and be like, yeah, dude, look, I'm pl- I, I feel like getting a gun. It's, can somebody talk me at? Like, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand it. It's just really disturbing and scary and fucked up. And, and uh, you know, I, I wish there was something that I could even say funny about it. Except the only thing is, it's like, they just have that face, man. They just have that, I don't even know the, how to describe the face. But just like that nutty, crazy shit, man. Um, but speaking of unacceptable stuff, guys. Antonio Brown of the Raiders now refuses to play because of his helmet again. This guy got millions and millions and millions of dollars and he refuses to play because of his helmet. He's a head case. How great the Steelers must feel getting rid of that guy and making the right choice. But could you imagine signing a football player? Here's the unacceptable for the week, the real unacceptable for the week. Can you imagine signing a football player for millions and millions of dollars? And then he goes, 
yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to play without the helmet I want. And they're like, no, but there's rules now that there are mandatory safety requirement helmets that the NFL is using. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just not going to do that. And, you know, and the like, and his new team that he didn't even play for yet, and he's, like, not going to camp and doing it. Absolute nightmare. The, the Steelers did the right thing the same way the New York Giants did the right thing with Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, let these head cases go, and all other teams should follow suit and say, look, we're going to win without you. Gone. Could you imagine paying it? Could you imagine being the owner and giving a millions and millions of dollars, $100 million contract or 60 whatever, millions of dollars, $30 million a year to a guy that he goes, I want my old helmet or I'm not going to play? I mean, that's like, and I, I will, and I'm not trying to be rude, and I don't like to start things that I don't know. So I don't know this by any stretch of the imagination. I, you know, even though, uh, like people have seen me on NFL Network or talk to people or know people, I am not saying that I know this because I don't. So what I'm about to say, don't be like, oh well, you know, I heard so and so. He's he talks. No, no, no. I do not. This is my personal opinion. My personal opinion is Antonio Brown has mental problems from 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 being hit. Listening to him talk, listening to the things he says, I do not think, I know he's had some really bad concussions, he's taken some hits, or he's definitely had that really one bad, bad hit. Um, I don't think he's making sense, and I think something like this is just, um, there's something wrong. And that's what I get when I listen to an interview with somebody. I don't think his head is right. And I will say this. I, for the first time in my life, I never thought I would say this. But I, I will go on record saying that I do not think I would want my son. Like, I don't think I'd let my kid play football now. Unless, unless he was, like, really great at what, like, if he was just, like, if it was to the point where they're like, Paul... He can get a full scholarship to this school. He's one of the best players. He can be one of the best players. He's got a real opportunity to go really, really far, go far, go to the, go to the next, go to the next, the next level, something like that. But Joe play just to play. Um, if he didn't live, sleep, eat, and love it, I'd be like, Nah, man, I'm just against you doing it. Cause when you watch these guys, just their minds are mush. These fucking football players are walking around mumbling like they were boxers. They are. There, there, there is a very, very big problem that they have with this because these guys are too fast. Fuck that. You know, I'm not. My kid's mind is not turning to to mush because uh, of that. Um, and when you see somebody that was so healthy and they could run fast and they look in shape and they're young and then these guys die and you take a look at their brains and it's that of an 80 year old man. Like, is it worth the money? I don't know. So, but the, the the helmet thing is unacceptable, but I think something's wrong with the guy. And that thing that he said where when he was talking at home and I heard he was saying things on hard knocks that just were a little out of it and weird and stuff, and it, it's sad, man. It's sad to see that. Um. So, anyways, guys, where am I going to be next? I am going to be at the Funny Bone. Hold on, I'm going to tell you guys where I'm at. All right, here. I'll tell you guys where I'm going to be, so I hope you come out. But I will tell you, ask your boy Kelly. Kelly, let him know about the hour. Um, 
So, you know, this fucking, I'm sitting here in this, in this hotel, which isn't great, by the way. It's really not fucking great. And, you know, the internet is just slow. Okay, September 13, 14, and 15, I will be at the Albany Funny Bone. Oh, no, I'm sorry. September 6th and 7th. September 6th and 7th, I will be at Nashville. I'm going to be in Nashville. I'm going to be at Zany's, guys. I'm going to be at Zany's in Nashville. Um, September, hold on, man, this just came in. September 6th and 7th, I'll be at Zany's in Nashville. September 13th, 14th, and 15th, I'll be at the Funny Bone in Albany. And, uh, the big one in New York, September 27th through the 28th, Friday and Saturday, I will be at Gotham Comedy Club. Get tickets, come out, I'm gonna be home, I'm gonna be, it's gonna be dope, come out, all right? And that's it. Write in to me funny things that your kid did that got him in trouble, but you had to laugh. And I will read them, and we will have a really good time with that on 414. Okay? There's going to be another Patreon when I get back from vacation, and I'm going to do one maybe from the stand, and then we're going to make the announcement, the super, the super fans podcast, guys, with me and Jerry Ferrara. The logo is done, and now they're putting fucking... I'm going to give you a little inside thing. They're putting superhero music for the intro. So you guys are going to hear some... I mean, I don't want to give it away, but I'll just sneak... I'll just tell you, it looks like the Superman and like Avengers theme is going to come in like before we start talking. And I listened to a sample the other day, and we're getting the contract signed, and we're going to start this thing. So, um, you know, right around, I'm sure, week one or right after week one of the NFL, we should have a couple in the bank and then just get the launch going. So that's going to happen too, but I'll have some other Patreons that I'm going to do with some comedians from the stand as well. Check out paulverzi.com and... Um, the Burt Kreischer, my uh, episode with Burt Kreischer is going to be coming out, so you could check that out as well. Uh, thank you guys again. Sorry, I'm exhausted. I'm sorry this is late, but I did not want to not give you. I didn't want to give you guys nothing this week, so um, this was just something to just give you guys updated. I'm going to the ocean. I'm going to be off the grid. I love you guys. Thank you Pittsburgh. Thank you everybody for coming out. I can't wait to get back. Um, you know, at the end of the summer and and kick off this fall right and finish this tour. Paul Verzi, the prequel. Everybody, it's coming, and uh, I'm excited about it. I love you guys. I talk. Talk to you soon.